Welcome to the Down the Learning Show podcast series, episode 65, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Keith Meyerson, Director of Talent Management at Powder, about his innovative use of asynchronous cohorts for leadership development. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentolearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the senior executives and customers of the world's most prominent LMS and learning tech solutions. Today's no different as we have the Director of Talent Management of Powder here to educate us all about this cool new concept of asynchronous cohorts deployed via an LMS. Who's Powder? What's a cohort? What makes it asynchronous? Well, we're going to find out from the inventor of the concept. Actually, I don't know if Keith invented the concept of asynchronous cohorts, but I do know I never heard the term before until a couple of weeks ago when I met Keith and he shared his story, and I knew I had to have him on the show to share with you all what he's doing for the good of us all. Luckily, he accepted. Many of our listeners and followers use learning cohorts as an emerging learning strategy for important high-touch programs. Cohorts are groups of students that go through a program together over time with self-study and group and social activities. The key benefit of a cohort versus an individual completing a normal personal training plan in the LMS is the collaboration between the students and students and students and teachers. In academia, we're used to this cohort model. We just call it a class. But for some reason, we call it a cohort model when it comes to uh, corporate learning and continuing education. In the last few years, cohorts have become really popular with corporations as well as training companies because more and more corporate LMSs are now providing this right functionality that's required to support it before they didn't. Keith's twist on the concept introduces new ideas, strategies, and technology that anyone using or thinking of deploying cohorts will benefit from. Keith, welcome to the Towns of Learning Show. It's great to have you here. Thanks, John. I'm thrilled to be here. It sounds like a fun conversation to have. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, we already had it once and we're going to have it again because it was so good. I want to hear it a second time. It's like a good movie. So, but your, your organization, probably a lot of our listeners uh, uh, know your organization, but under a different name, perhaps, or different names. Uh, why don't we start at the top and tell us uh, who Powder is and what you guys do, and we'll start digging in from there. Yeah, thank you. So Powder is a, a adventure lifestyle company and we uh own and operate a couple different brands but primarily in the ski resort industry as well as uh woodward so uh woodward started out in pennsylvania as, as camps but uh we've expanded and now we have some uh woodward entities within our ski resorts which actually allow us uh year-round activities so we're not limited to just skiing or snowboarding in a lot of our properties you can do uh, skateboarding and BMX. And really, it's all about the adventure lifestyle and sustainability and uh, and balance. You know, our, our icon uh, is, a, is a fulcrum and it's, it's important to us for uh, work-life balance and enjoying the outdoors and enjoying time with family and friends. And we, we try to live that in everything we do. Wow. Preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir. Uh, so you recently got hired in uh, uh, at Powder as uh, the director of, of talent management uh, within the last year. And when you, you landed, there were some hot challenges that you had to deal with right away. Tell us, tell us about the situation you found and what you got, what, what you had to solve on day zero. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, they've never had my role here before. And, and we're at uh, what most would consider a, a holding group. So we have the different um, business units underneath us. So 
whether you're on the East Coast skiing at Killington or one of our camps in Woodward or um, out here in Utah in Park City, um, there's uh, a variety of needs that can help support the enterprise. So uh, up until my role, everybody was expected to do everything locally without any centralized support. So my role is brought into how can we be more efficient and provide value-added services to our, our teams out in the field? And uh, day one, the CEO grabbed me, take me for a walk, which was really fun coming from an elevation of five feet in Texas to an elevation of <laughs> 7,000 plus feet in Park City. I was trying, you know, being out of shape to begin with and then trying to climb hills with him was fun. But really, the, his first priority was leadership development. We had never put a common language in between all the disparate entities, all the different business units. And we felt that there was a, a strong need for consistency and to provide the, that service so each unit wasn't creating their own type of leadership development. So really, that was the, the priority, in addition to everything else that you would think of within talent management. No performance management um, philosophy or system, no succession planning, career pathing, um, onboarding, anything. So we're, we have a lot to do, but we're starting with the management and leadership development as the priority. We felt it was important to make sure our managers would then be capable of supporting all of the other initiatives that, that fall under the umbrella of talent management. Mm -hmm. Smart, smart. And so uh, one of what you have, your learners have uh, unique, your managers have unique challenges in terms of uh, their day jobs, essentially, and the things that are weighing on them. Uh, and so the idea of, you know, leadership development programs and, you know, rolling that out, you know, how, how'd that go over with, uh, you know, how, how's that go over with your audiences? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the, the commonality was everyone agreed there was a need. It was then the realities of uh, our industry and, our, and the lifestyle. How do we reach people that are in ski patrol on a mountain that aren't sitting behind a desk? Um, when we're in season and everyone's working very hard and, and trying to provide the best experiences for our guests, how do we carve out the time for, for, for this learning and these different activities? Uh, so really, my, my first job was to meet with all of our general managers and all of our HR directors and ask them, you know, understand what are the skills we're looking for so I could develop a competency framework that was bespoke to their needs as an organization, not some off-the-shelf framework. And then from a delivery aspect, what would be tolerable? What, what reflects not only the learner's needs, but the reality of the business operation? So quickly uh, heard loud and clear from the properties that if I tried to pull people off a mountain and put them in a classroom for a static learning event, uh, I, I might receive some pushback. It wasn't going to be warmly <laughs> embraced. So uh, I, I've never seen myself as the most creative person, but that was a business challenge that that we needed to solve for. Mm -hmm. And so you solved it or are, are solving it uh, through the concept of, of creating asynchronous cohorts. So close all in, we're all at the edge of our seat. What's that mean? What's it look like? What's involved in it? What's the content look like? How's the program work? What'd you come up with? This is great. So I've uh, I was an early adopter of social learning. I've I've been um, a, a customer or partner with Cornerstone on Demand since two thousand nine, 
And I was an early adopter of their Connect platform, which is social learning. So think Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter all at once, right? So you could create learning communities. Um, but they were separate from the actual learning paths and didn't allow that peer-to-peer -peer live feedback that we would lose from a classroom experience, right? So typically, if we're facilitating a workshop, uh, let's let's use feedback skills, and we were teaching, you know, DDI's star model, or we're using the SBI model. We might the instructor might explain the model, and then we might break. The participants into triads of a of an observer, a manager, and an employee, and we'd have them practice giving feedback using the model, and then the observer would take notes and then provide feedback to to the manager. Well, we'd lose that moving to an online delivery mm -hmm. program. So my my thing was okay. How what technology is out there that would allow us to replicate that classroom peer to peer experience through video? And uh, I found that through a, a, a tight integration where Brainier as an LMS, which I uncovered through one of our HR directors at one of our properties who is already in talks with Brainier to distribute some HR and compliance training to her teams. And talking to Brainier, I found Bongo. They had a tight integration with a company called Bongo that allows these different types of assessments or peer-to-peer -peer interactions through the technology. So the asynchronous part is we could give an activity such as um, the current one in, in our pilot module, which is we're teaching them on trust. And then we have them do an activity of interviewing their team on six different dimensions. And then they come back to the LMS and the technology now allows them to answer two questions on video. What surprises did you learn when you interviewed your team and what are you going to do about it? That then is shared with their cohort who then is directed to respond to this video to say, oh, I understand that you're now going to do this based on the information. I think that's great. Maybe I'll incorporate that. Or I've done this. Perhaps you could think of, of incorporating this. So now rather than just it being a compliance exercise where they learn the content, they're now into an activity and a collaboration, which is peer-to-peer -peer and socializing. So they're learning from the experience of their peers, but asynchronously. So they could take the video and do their upload on a, on a Monday, and two weeks later, they could get feedback from somebody else or three other people. So that's where the concept of, of the asynchronous cohort comes into play. Wow. Wow. Tell us more about the, the, the program in general. So what the... the the outline of the leadership program that has these components of, of Bongo uh, and Brain here uh, integrated into it. But what are the other components? And tell us more about the content and you know where all that's coming from and who's creating that and 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 how you how you thought about that to to create this program. Yep. So started out as a uh, I, I hate to use the phrase army of one as, as you noted you know before we started I'm I'm a marine so it, it pains me to say that <laughs> um, but I was an army of one until I just um, brought on a leadership development manager so how can I make the most efficient use of my time and reach the most people so I uh, contracted with Open Sesame as a content provider uh, looking at a lot of different content providers and really I, I'm from an instructional design perspective I was concerned with engagement and interactivity, which are kind of the marketing themes of every third-party content provider out there. Uh, and don't, don't believe the marketing hype. There are very few content providers that are truly engaging and interactive for the learner. 
It's a lot of static content or what feels is like a PowerPoint read through. Um, but Open Sesame allowed access to a lot of providers that I truly felt provided scenario-based learning, kind of experiential, some um, pathways that the learner can then, as an adult learner, pick their own adventure type so it's not dictated to them. And I thought it was more engaging and impactful. So the premise is we allow two weeks for the knowledge portion, which is through the Open Sesame content. Uh, and the two weeks is to, again, the realities of running a business and especially in season, we, we didn't want them to feel there was a static date that they had to drive from a compliance perspective. So they have two weeks to schedule the knowledge portion. Then we assign the activity, such as this trust activity to go interview team. Again, two weeks to go take this document that I've created about these six different preferences and go interview team. Then another two weeks to then come back and upload the answers to the questions. What, what surprises did you learn and what are you going to do about it? And then another couple of weeks for people to respond, to give them feedback on that. And then we provide a month of application. So now we're going from the knowledge portion to an activity, which is practice, to the collaboration, to now performance. So again, I, I look at learning as the transfer of knowledge into performance ability. It's not just a singular learning event. So we wanted to make sure we had enough time and, an, and enough low risk activities to allow learners to take that knowledge, practice, socialize and implement. And then we do uh, recap calls. That is the, the one static event, which there's six that uh, they only have to attend one. And those are scheduled for next week because this module actually ends tomorrow where we'll have a facilitated conversation. What worked, what didn't work? What could we do better from a QA perspective to make the next module even more impactful? Um, how do we help you embed this into the into your day-to-day -day work life? Wow, wow, cool, cool, innovative. Nice. Uh, so tell me about the uh, what behaviors are trying to change. So you know, at the end of the day, what do you want this program to do? What do you want these leaders to do differently than they're, uh, than they're doing now? And, and how are you going to measure that? I think we're in a uh, similar position that most organizations are in, at least organizations I've been a part of, where we've traditionally taken high-performing individual contributors, promoted them into supervisory capacity without any training, and then wonder why we have challenges with leading or managing people. That seems to be a common theme and why leadership development is such a hot topic in, in, in our world. So we want to move from traditional transactional management behaviors to more transformational behaviors. And I think, you know, due to lack of any robust training previously, people default to the behaviors of leaders that they've seen before. And I've seen this. I, I worked in one retail organization where it was common in the merchandising department for managers to throw staplers at junior people. And they thought that this, oh, this is the way it is. This is management. This is leadership, right? And if they've never been told otherwise, what else are they to go on? So we, through the discovery and talking to the GMs and the HR teams and our executive team here, we're focusing on things like coaching and decision-making and delegation, uh, influencing, managing relationships, planning and organizing. So really, the fundamental training that every people leader should have gotten prior to being promoted into a leadership position, but most organizations haven't done that. And that's why we have mid-level and executive level leadership programs to, to give those skills that they unfortunately were never provided uh, at the beginning of their career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is there a way to 
to measure whether it's working or not? Or yeah, that's the goal. Uh, I'm very data driven and metrics based. I am. Uh, I'll probably get a lot of hate mail for this. I am not a fan of Kirkpatrick levels of evaluation. I, I think the business doesn't know what Kirkpatrick is. So, you know, why should they, why should we care if they don't care? It's all about the business results. So the things that we're eventually tying this to initially are going to be around uh, the engagement survey. Are we seeing a more positive lift? Because we always see in engagement surveys, number one or number two responses. I wish we had more learning and development opportunities, which we could say is a level one response, right? But uh, then we're looking at uh, tenure. We have a very seasonal type of employed data uh, um, data talent pool. So are we seeing more recidivism? Are we getting more people back because they understand there are more learning and development opportunities, that they're being managed better, that they can be promoted into, into different um, aspects? And that'll flow into when we start doing performance management and succession planning. But again, this, this kind of lays the groundwork for all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of times when uh, I see leadership development programs out in the industry, you know, they they have a fair chance of failure uh, because of lack of senior senior leadership involvement. What are your thoughts on all that? Uh, not just at your current company, but maybe throughout your career, and you know what you're seeing today. I, I'd make that a T-shirt if I could. Uh, I think <laughs> the the single point of failure is going to be executive, active or inactive executive sponsorship. I, I had a conversation. I did a, 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 an executive level program in a previous organization and it failed tremendously and uh, had a meeting with the president of the company. And he asked me, so, well, what, what failed? Why do you think it went wrong? And I said, can I ask you questions? Sure. Can you give me one example of any conversation you've had with any of your direct reports that are in the program? And he just stared at me and I went, that's why it failed. And, and his response was, well, it, it's not that I don't think this, this is important, but we have more important things to talk about when we're in meetings. You know, we're responsible, you know, for, for all of the income and the revenue and all of this. And I said, okay, great. Tell me how you expect those numbers to change. I mean, what levers do you have to pull? It, it's through your people. And if this isn't important to you, it's not important to them. And that's going to be the single point of failure. So I made that very clear at the outset of this program and our CEO he asked me, he says, well, what do you think I should do? I said, well, you know, in every conversation we you have with the GMs, I think you should take the first couple minutes and just ask, how's the program going? What conversations should, you know, should uh, have you had with your people? And his response was, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's right. And I went, oh, I'm dead in the water before I start. And his response was, this is too important for this to be a five minute conversation as part of a larger conversation. I need to have dedicated calls with these people. And I just sat back and I went, but where have you been all my life? I mean, that's that's <laughs> the level of active investment I'm looking for. And I think that's going to be our our biggest indicator of um, ability su to succeed with this program. Mm -hmm. How do I make a difference? So what are, I know uh, you uh, uh, didn't roll this out on a full scale yet. You're, uh, my understanding is that you're you're taking it kind of strategically through a, a pilot phase and, and then uh, roll out. Tell us about how that whole process, like how you decided to roll it out, what the rollout looks like, and you know what what lessons you're learning. Uh, it was very interesting rollout. So we were trying to get this launched quickly because it was such a priority, uh, and it was part of the board's interest. Or the board of directors was very interested in this program, so there were a lot of eyes on this. Um, fortunately, I had a lot of experience in implementing technologies over the course of my career. 
So we took a, what would traditionally be a three month technology implementation down to five days. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, and I mean, Brainier was phenomenal. They are, they're, they're small enough where they could flex to my needs, large enough and their platform can support my, my enterprise needs. Um, but part of the contracting was, I'm not doing a traditional implementation. I'm coming on site. I'm going to be there for five days and we're going to get this thing up and running. And that's exactly what we did. So that was wow. the technology aspect, right? So a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of hard work here locally to get the integrations with our HRIS, to get the SSO up and running. Uh, we don't have great data and not all of our BUs are uh, integrated on the same platform. So there's a lot of manual uploading of, of data from one of our resorts, uh, which again, army of one. Uh, so there's a lot of out of system work that I needed to do. And then a lot of communication with the local teams, a lot of communication with the HR directors, uh, the reg the, um, the local resort leadership teams to get their buy-in and their understanding. Uh, I create manager toolkits because we're, what we didn't mention, and I should mention to be clear, we, we, we've inverted this. We're, we're not starting with the executive team and rolling this down as you would in most leadership programs. We're starting with first and second level supervisors first because the organization felt we'd have broader impact. So the RLT team is, in their minds, they're in the dark. How can I support a program that I know nothing about? So we're assigning them the, the knowledge portion. So they have access to the e-learning or the TED Talk or whatever the knowledge is. And then I'm creating uh, a manager's tool guide, which some of us may more affectionately refer to as the idiot's guide to whatever <laughs> the module is, right? So I give them specifically, here are the phases, here are the dates, here's where people should be, here's the content, here are the, the learning uh, objectives for the content, here's a summary. And then here are questions to ask the learner in each phase, whether it's knowledge, collaboration, practice, or, or application. So we've, we've tried to tie it up in a bow for them. We do pre-launch calls with the executive team so they know what's coming up. We do post um, uh, calls with, uh, recap calls with the actual learners to get feedback that we can then incorporate into the design of the next module. And then we're all using that. So we're looking at expanding the pilot to the entire enterprise uh, in a couple months. Wow, wow. And so you said uh, next week you're, you're wrapping up uh, your, your first pilot module. Did I hear that right? Is that so going the, uh, second, second module wraps up tomorrow. So the first oh. module was not competency-based. It was an introductory because we recognize that people have never used the Bongo features of recording themselves and then providing feedback to others. So it was a, a low risk. Here's how to navigate through the system. We gave them some content just to get a familiarity. This piece of content was managing relationships and how to build or repair trust. Uh, so it was, again, low risk. Um, and that finishes up tomorrow. And we'll be doing recap calls in two weeks uh, to get feedback from there. And then we launch into our coaching module um, three weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And how goes the uh, the Bongo piece of it? Is it being used? Do they like it? Does uh, it get, get any initial feedback? Yeah, I actually met with a couple of the general managers today and uh, no negative feedback, all positive feedback. And, and one of them admitted, well, we didn't know whether there was low expectations or not, but everybody said they're surprised at how well uh, it's, it's packaged and they just didn't expect a lot from online training. But I think because it's blended and it's not just a learning compliance exercise and they're actually asked to do something with it, they're getting more out of it. The only 
observation on their part was there seems to be some discomfort with recording oneself and sharing that and because people aren't used to that that's a that's a new that's a shift for people and you know we're reminding people look it's the same thing you would do in a classroom we're just replicating that classroom environment because you said you didn't want a classroom so how do we how do we close that gap and still provide it so it's it's a learning curve but with, with any new technology i think that's that'll be easily overcome Wow. You would think uh, that the TikTok generation would be more comfortable just shooting those videos of themselves all the time. You know, I, I'd agree with that, but I would think <laughs> the, a large percentage of our audience is not the TikTok generation. You, uh, we have a huge amount of tenure at our properties. I mean, it's really? not uncommon to have 20-year employees, 30-year employees. I mean, it's just no amazing. Kidding. I mean, it's just... Expect it? It's a great... I mean, if you love the you know outdoor lifestyle this is the company to work for it really is we actually whenever in season if the camera at snowbird reaches eight inches no one's expected to be in the office we're all expected to be out skiing <laughs> it, it's it's encouraged wow that's great i've never worked for anywhere like that yeah my current boss is too mean that's for sure wow cool that's a that's really interesting nice approach uh I like your efficiency of, in addition to the innovative parts, uh, just the efficiency of you know, how much you're getting done in a short amount of time and, you know, uh, you know, taking a, an implementation from three months down to five days. Yeah. You know, that's just a clever way to do it of just negotiating, you know, a different path, you know, because you can, and uh, you know, that's a lot better than, than spending those extra 10 weeks trying to figure it out, you know, one meeting at a time. So even that part was uh, pretty cool. I love the manager toolkit. Uh, that's uh, just a great idea. People forget about that all the time. I think, you know, they, uh, on how important that is to have those coaching tools, not only that, but to just make it so easy, you know, here are the questions to ask at this point, you know, and just make it easy and do it. And, you know, keeping that stuff updated, you know, it's a lot easier over time. So yeah, congratulations on all that. That's uh, really cool. I want to certainly get an update here as you go along through time and see how, as you start moving into the measuring phase. And um, this is a really exciting use of technology here. Last question as we're, you know, we're just about out of time here. Last question uh, for all your peers that are listening uh, right now uh, that are thinking about doing something like this, what did you do wrong? What would you do differently in this, in this whole process as a point of advice for others, Any, anything out there or, if you didn't do anything wrong, what are the key things you that they should do right? <laughs> I think for me, uh, if I could design it all over again, I still would have preferred to start with the leadership team first and, and pushed it down. I think there's still a perception locally that they're not as well-versed in the subject matter because they're not immersed in the training themselves. And I, I've tried to explain that. Well, if you sent someone to training and you're not in the classroom, it's, it's the same experience, but that's not landing as well as I had hoped, even though we're providing weekly reporting, we're providing the manager's toolkit. I'm really getting the sense that they would have preferred to be trained first before training their team. So I would have inverted the audience, um, mm -hmm. but we knew that going in. That was, a, that was a strategic decision that the leadership team here made because we felt we could reach a broader audience 
but that's the feedback I'm getting. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have to meet people where they are. It's not about what I think. It's about what they think. So that's that's my major takeaway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, good takeaway. Good takeaway. And that's it's, um, uh, you know, for sure. I, I think you can do it. I think you can do it tops down or bottoms up. You know, I think there's challenges both ways. Uh, you know, my my suspicion is, is that it's all going to work out in the end. Uh, as you know, as you push this up and with your manager toolkits, it'll all come together. But I think you start a program like this, there's always a part where, you know, you're, you're still ramping up, you know, to, to get it through the organization. And I don't think anybody can avoid that. So I'm sure that that'll work out for the best. Well, that was a great conversation, uh, innovative solution, uh, fascinating way uh, to to hit the ground running in, in such a, such a quick way. And I really appreciated the, uh, Keith, you coming here and uh, sharing your story and taking your time. There's a lot of things you could be doing with your one man team, uh, changing the world. Uh, one resort at the time coming here is uh, extra. And so we all appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me, John. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Great. Listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Talented Learning Show. We hope to see you on the next. Have a great day. <laughs>